When I was younger, I took piano lessons. I probably should have stuck with it. But I got tired of the discipline. Mother's rule. You don't have to finish your piano practice before you play with your friends. Sheesh. Really? <sighs> Mother's. Well, since I didn't place my identity in being a pianist, I quit. But it was my first experience with consistent discipline. In fifth grade, I started playing the drums. Ralph Brown, my elementary band teacher, would have said I started studying to be a percussionist. But come on. When you're in fifth grade, you're a drummer. I practiced and practiced and practiced. I got pretty good. There's a lot of discipline necessary to excel in music. And then I discovered my first true identity. I'm going to be a drummer. And so, I was. Until the end of my sophomore year. More about that later. Life was clipping along pretty nicely until middle school. I was sitting on the corner of a desk in honors study hall, playing chess with a friend. The next thing I knew, my mom was kneeling beside me, wiping my face and crying. I didn't know where I was or what had happened. She said, sweetheart, you've had a seizure. Let me assure you that sending a chess set flying as you fall off the desk would have been a sufficient level of embarrassment. But my seizure was a doozy. I broke my glasses. My eyes rolled back. I foamed at the mouth. I bit my tongue till it bled. And I wet my pants. This is not an effective method of socializing when you're in middle school. I became a laughing stock. And some people never let me live it down. Well, that certainly messed with my identity. Clearly, I had a lot of unanswered questions. Am I always going to be the epileptic? Why is this happening to me? What have I done? What will this mean for my life? So many questions. At the time, I thought the discipline forced on my life was just totally not fair. In order to try to mitigate further seizures, I had to remember to religiously take my meds. 
I didn't always remember. And in the morning, if I forgot my morning dose, my mother had to bring it to school so that I could take it. I can still hear people saying, Clark, your mom's here with your pills. You forgot to take your medicine this morning. Again, not really the coolest thing for a middle schooler or someone entering high school. Bedtime. Don't you talk to me about hours and curfews. Don't even. My bedtime was 8.30 p.m. I could choose the discipline of listening to the doctors and my parents or risk another seizure. So every night I went to bed at 8.30, all through middle school, almost all the way through high school. Swimming. Oh, I love to swim. No more. Doctor said if I had a seizure in the water, my body would be so rigid, four people probably could not get me off the bottom of the pool before I drowned. Driving. The state of Iowa had a law that a person had to go seizure-free for a year before they could drive. So when I turned 14, I couldn't get my learner's permit. This is certainly not the path I would have chosen, and it was really, really difficult. I didn't understand why this was happening to me, and I didn't like it. But once again, discipline and identity intertwined in my life. So, segue to spring of my freshman year. I thought I would try track. I thought I was a pretty fast runner. You know, but coach generally has the last word on that. Well, he thought I was too. I ran the open 200 meters and the second leg of the 4x100 and 4x200. Hard to believe it looking at me now, I know, but um, as a 14-year-old, I ran halfway around the track in 24.2 seconds. And my next identity emerged. I'm going to get college paid for with a track scholarship. I'm disciplined, so I can work hard, and maybe by the time I'm a senior, I can get that time down to the high 22s. Woo! Okay. Life plan and overdrive. Let's do this. Look out, world. Here comes the next track star. And then, towards the end of the season, there I was again. My mom kneeling next to me and crying. The rigor that practice and track meets put on my body was just simply too much, and I had another seizure. Great, another year to not drive and another change in medication. Suffice it to say, changing meds is not a fun transition for the mind or the body. Sophomore year, seizure-free for nine months. Time for track to start again. I really, really, really wanted to. 
I knew I was better. No, not again. Towards the beginning of training, I had another seizure. Okay, okay, I get it, life. I guess I won't get my college paid for. I guess being a track star can't be my identity. Another year of not driving. And if I wanted to date, I had to have the girl drive. Well, at least back in the 70s, a not so cool thing for a high school guy to be navigating. And since I hadn't had driver's education before I was 16, I had to wait until I was 18 to drive and hope that by that time, my seizures were under control. Um, Roushies for that. All this really sucked. More questions. More uncertainty. Who? More anger. More frustration. Well, I had to decide on what I thought would sustain me in this life of what was seemingly constant upheaval. I chose faith. A decision that would greatly, <clears throat> greatly impact the rest of my life. Abbreviated anecdote. My sophomore year, right as I was giving up track, I also gave up the drums because I fell in love with choral music and decided I was going to study music education. When I was 17 and people would ask me, do you know what you're going to do after high school? I had an answer. Yes. You do? Yes. I'm going to be a Christian college choir director, have an earned doctorate, a wife, and two kids. I know, Sue always called me a unicorn. What 17-year-old says and does that? But guess what? That's what I did. I studied to become a choral conductor. I spent as much time on my craft in college as athletes do in practice. Singing in choir, conducting student ensembles, leading sectionals, practicing for voice, practicing for piano. I had to be disciplined to prepare myself for wherever God would take me. So I took my academics seriously. Proof of either my seriousness or my total geekness, and I'll let you decide which. In four years of my undergraduate education, I never skipped a class. Not one, not even in the stupid gen eds, and within those, not even in the three science classes that gagged me for a year and a half of my life. Oh, and you have to take one. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> well, fortunately for me, being a choral director and conductor is still a large part of my identity. But one day it won't be anymore. I married the love of my life on May 7th. 1981.
That was an enormous part of my identity. We were married for 38 wonderful years. And one week from today will mark the second anniversary of her death. So being married to the queen is no longer part of my identity. As I continue to work, study, read, think, live, and learn, I realize anchoring into God was a decision guiding all the others and providing impetus for all the discipline and faith needed for my academic journey, my life journey, my emotional journey, and my spiritual journey. Almost everything I once used as a part of my identity is no longer there. So what is the core of my existence and identity today? I know I am beloved of God. And that's what has and will continue to sustain me through whatever the rest of my life brings. It has sustained me through the loss of the queen. If my cancer becomes untreatable, I am still beloved of God. When I no longer work at your college, I am still beloved of God. Sometimes accidentally or purposely countercultural in America, now as a single man, I am still beloved of God. And if I mess up really big time, I am still beloved of God. I suggest you do not wait until you're older to anchor into him. The things that he will start doing in your life and in your mind and in your heart, the disciplines, sometimes you don't realize they're happening or how much you're going to need them later. Do it now. He can provide a larger purpose than your sport, your gift, your performing, your intellect, your hobbies, your family, your job, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your I don't have a boyfriend, your I don't have a girlfriend, whatever. Larger than anything. When all of the other ways I have identified myself are gone, God will still be there. He is the one constant. My intent today in sharing part of my journey is to encourage you to be disciplined and to think about your identity. Remember, your decisions determine your direction. I had no idea when certain disciplines were forced on me how that would contribute to my life later and the choices I would be making. Whatever label or identity you or others put on you, please know that you are more than that label. You are beloved of God 
and I wish for you a life guided by that overarching identity. Thank you for your kind attention and letting me share with you today.